Imagine you're the assistant director of the United States Department of Homeland Security in charge of the Secret Service and you get this phone call from a colleague. So yeah, we got a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed against us. For what? What's this about? Champ and Major, the dogs. Apparently the right-wingers want to get our communications from inside the White House about the dogs. That's ridiculous. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to talk about the new Biden pets, Commander and Willow. And we're also going to discuss Major and Champ Biden and how they were turned into political weapons in an extremely disgusting manner. Attacking a dying dog on TV and saying he's ugly, ugh. And we can't talk about politicizing pets without explaining the first case in modern history when a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit was filed against the US Secret Service in regards to Champ and Major Biden by a right-wing group insane. And yes, people are curious about where Major is now, we'll address that too. We're also going to have some fun stories about other White House pets, some unexpected, more unusual pets who lived in the White House, actually a brief history of White House pets if you will, and we'll have international presidential pets as well. Nemo Macron is a character, I love that dog. And breaking news, President Zelensky has four pets. Not only two dogs, most people have only seen that one photo of him and his pups in the gym. No, Volodymyr Zelensky also has a cat and a hamster, and we're gonna talk about that too. So lots of pets and cool pet stories this episode. We figured, you know, what best way to celebrate spring than making a pet episode. And by the way, apparently there is a White House bunny as well. Her name is Poppet, but she's not an official pet as far as we understand. So the Ukraine-Russia war uh, sucks, and we've done our episodes on it, uh, quite a few of them actually. And it's just draining, you know. You can only talk about it for so long before you get depressed. So we need a uh, we need a lighter mood. Yes, yes. So first thing first, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as any decent human being is concerned, I think once pets and children are off limits in politics, or at least they should be, we would do the same episode if the pets we're about to discuss would belong to a Republican president. I do not care who a pet belongs to. You can hate the owner. Don't hate his or her pets. Do not attack those pets. Don't turn pets into political bullets. It's lame. Okay, now that I finished my little rant, let's move on to a bigger rant. Yeah, if anybody attacks the bear, I suspect they will get more than a rant. Yes, yes, I can only imagine the bear. And by the way, guys, so Callie Bear, the bear, we call her the bear. Uh, she's an Australian shepherd. She looks just like Charlie Biden, uh, Naomi Biden's pet. And she's very chunky. And when she walks... Her bum bum is moving in such a way as if she's dancing. It is, I, I don't know. She Kelly is just uh, adorable. Uh, I love Kelly a lot. Yeah. And yes, it is a bear. You know, there's no other way to describe her. She's got a, uh, well, she got a derpy dog face and the rest of it is all bear. Yeah, she really is a bear. Like in the distance, at least, if you would see her in a forested area, like in the mountains or whatever, you would actually think she's a bear cub. I'm not even joking. That's why we call her the bear. <laughs> so back to our ship. That's actually an expression in Romanian. It's translated at literam, and I use it in English as well. And ship is like a 
not the boat, but the animals. So back to our ship. What? Wait, wait. How? <laughs> what does that even mean? That means back to the business at hand or back to the subject we are discussing. But that's how we say it. Back to our ship. Like <laughs> you, you need a babushka to say that. <laughs> we don't have. I'm the only babushka that we have in this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. So politics is and always has been a messy business. But no presidential pets have been the subject of such despicable attacks by the opposing party than the Biden dogs, Champ and Major. With the arrival of the new White House pets, Puppy Commander in December last year and Kitty Willow Biden in January 2022, I hoped that far-right-wingers will maybe reconsider this nauseating habit of projecting their insecurities and anger on dogs and cats. It is ridiculous and it says more about their values and character than it says about the pets they attack or about even Biden himself. But my hope didn't come to fruition. The hate hasn't really stopped. Greg Kelly, a Newsmax host and, you know, a very strong, powerful, manly man who goes to the gym and posts about it on social media. He still likes to attack kitties and dogs. He recently tweeted a photo of Willow Biden with the caption, stupid cat. There's no way this guy is for real. It's like, oh no, he's no. There's no, he actually is. I don't know. Like, would you would you first show me this guy? It's like, no way. There's nobody is this dumb. Well, (laughs) (laughs) apparently somebody is. But you know, stupid cat. I mean, who? What adult says that? And also, this is rich coming from someone who thinks a pet's tail is spelled tail, as in story tail. So, <laughs> I mean, in one of his other tweets attacking the now defunct Champ Biden, that's how he spelled tail. I can't believe that somebody goes to work and you work in TV and it's like, okay, what are you doing today? Well, we're going to get two guys who put together are about 387 years old on satellite image and we're going to talk about dogs and we're going to hate the dogs. And I mean, (laughs) it's like, if that's the best idea you got, I mean, we have no money. We got like, you know, two microphones, two laptops and some wires and the best they can come up with, with a budget is, yeah, we're going to get two ancient guys to, uh, you know, sit in their study and talk about a dog. Okay. That's great. Yeah, no, that's it's it's a it's a crazy story. And we'll get more into Mr. Kelly and his previous attacks on a very senior dog champ in a moment. But, you know, I want to point out that this is not about what politicians do, if we agree or not with their politics. It's about their pets and how distasteful, insane and potentially dangerous it is to politicize pups and kittens just because they belong to to a political figure. And by the way, Willow the cat is a tabby. And uh, I didn't get to say this before when I talked about her. She is named after uh, Jill Biden's hometown of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. And when the uh, first lady went there for a campaign event, Willow, who was at the time a farm cat, I think that it was code more or less for stray, she jumped right on the stage and Jill Biden decided to adopt her. So that's how Willow Biden became Cotus. By the way, Cotus means cat of the United States and commander is Dotus, dog of the United States. Yeah, I had a stray cat when I lived in Louisiana that was rescued from a seafood factory. And the seafood factories keep cats around on purpose because they kill rats. And that's, you know, rats are a big problem. 
and uh, the uh, the wildcat is not requiring of a human presence at all. There was one year. It's like so. I mean, New Orleans, it never gets that cold. Yeah. One year out of 10, it freezes. So one year when I was down there in college, it froze. And, you know, my dad's telling me, you got to go get the cat. Okay, fine. So I go get the cat and the cat complains the entire (laughs) ride to my dad's (laughs) house. And it's it's like an hour and a half of, you know, just constant, you know, and when I got back home after my break between semesters, and brought the cat back. The cat is jumping up on top of like a table that I had outside on the patio and trying to get into the attic underneath like the soffits of the roof of the house. And I'm like, what has the cat got in the attic? And so I went inside and opened the attic and crawled up there and looked. I'm not kidding you. There's a pile of catfish bones at least three to four feet high. The cat was mad and did not want to leave because the cat was plucking frozen catfish out of the water and just as many as she could eat. There was an endless supply. So no wonder the cat didn't want to leave and complain the whole way to the city. Like, no. It's like, I'm fine. Bring me back. (laughs) Yeah, because she had all she needed there. And... On the adoption note, thanks to President Bush and Mrs. Laura Bush for adopting Papa Freddie Bush from the SPCA of Texas and rescuing Kitty Bernadette from the side of the road and giving them a wonderful, spoiled life. This is the kind of example we need. And people are very curious about where Major Biden is and if there are any updates about him. But before we get into that, Dubious is a completely independent podcast made by just us two, your hosts, in our free time using the computer code Neil wrote himself. That's actually what the rentfree.media logo you see on our cover graphics is. We have no editing team, no sound designer, no researchers, no production engineers, none of that stuff. We both have regular busy lives just like you and work on the podcast on nights and weekends. Believe me, I know every single podcast out there asks for these things, but if you want to support Dubious, there are two simple ways you can do that. First, by subscribing to our podcast's premium episodes on dubiouspod.com, that's D-U-B-I-O-U-S-pod.com, or by clicking on the subscribe to Dubious link in the episode notes. Second, by sharing a link to the show on your social media or, you know, just by retweeting, resharing our content and recommending us to your friends. We are at Dubious Pod across all social media platforms. So back to Adorable Major. People are worried about Major Biden and lots of people are asking where is Major. And, you know, I was curious too, like everybody online was curious about this. So after Champ's death and a few nipping incidents Major was involved in, The Bidens, after consulting with a variety of dog behaviorists and specialists, have decided that it is best for Major to live in Delaware with trusted family friends in a calm and less stressful environment. And honestly, that is a decision I fully support, as Major was suffering from anxiety at the White House, and that place was too much for him. We all have to remember at the time everybody was wearing face masks. Uh, Then you have Secret Service agents at every corner, lots and lots of people. And the dogs came from a very calm, homey environment in Delaware to live in this massive place full of people 
at every step, right? So this was a very difficult decision for the Bidens, I can only assume, because they are pet people and they have had pets their entire lives and they do love pets. But at the end of the day, it's what's best for Major. And people are asking, why are there no recent photos of Major? Well, Major and the family taking care of him don't have a Secret Service detail, I assume, obviously, right? So there are no recent photos of Major because that would be a security concern. It's about Major's safety as well as the safety of the people taking care of him. And as far as I know, he's very well loved, spoiled, and he's doing great. His anxiety subsided and he has new dog friends in Delaware. So Major is not forgotten or abandoned. He's being protected from the spotlight and the agitation that caused his anxiety in the first place. So stories and photos of his new life and family would defeat the purpose of keeping his environment stress-free. And it's also a security issue for him and the new family because there are many, you know, crazy people out there who might want to harm the dog just because they hate the president. I would like to say that's ridiculous, but I mean, there has been at least one incident I know of where a president got assassinated and then a random drunk guy killed his dog. (gasps) So... Wait, what? What dog? Which person? That's where the name Fido came from. So shortly after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, they sent the dog to live with a family friend. Same thing. And a random drunk guy on the street got in a fight with the new owner of the dog and tried to stab the guy. And he missed because he's drunk and he stabbed the dog. Oh my goodness, that's horrible. Yeah, so see, that's what happens with political stuff, and that's why these pets should not be politicized in the way they have been. Well, that's what happens in the 19th century, because in the 19th century, everybody in America was sloppy drunk on hard liquor. I think we've talked about that before, but yes. Yeah, now they're quote-unquote drunk (laughs) on disinformation, to be honest. And that's the thing, because, you know, like, honestly, if Major had been my dog and I had to, you know... uh, give him to good trusted family friends because he's not doing well in the White House, I would be worried because looking at the climate right now, I would be worried that somebody might try to harm that dog or that family just because that dog belonged to me, the president. Also, before I forget, Fido, great zombie movie. I haven't seen it. (laughs) You have to see it. So the whole, it's, it's comedy, all right? The whole premise of the movie is people have pet zombies and... They're always just like two steps away from getting bitten by their pet zombie, but it never really happens. And the zombies are frustrated. So yes, it's named Fido. Look it up. It's okay, a great that, movie. That, if it's comedy, I'm going to watch because you know I can't watch any movies where even pet zombies are hurt or whatever. Like if it's comedy, yeah, but if it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I skip anything in which a dog or a cat... I, I'm not watching, or even if there's a movie with hunting and there are people hunting deer, or something, I can't watch that. I, well, I'm, the zombies, in this case, the zombies are hunting their owners, but they're always just one step away because they're kind of <laughs> slow and lumbering zombies. So I give credit for originality when it's due because there's not many original things. So yes, Fido, everybody should watch it. Now, back to the story. Champ, a most adorable, sweet old German shepherd... He was born in 2008 and sadly passed away last year, aged 13. Now, if you Google how long do German Shepherds live, you'll see that it's somewhere between 9 and 13 years. So Champ was extremely old. In fact, I think 13 in German Shepherd years would be something like 100 years in human years, I guess. 
Well, this didn't stop right-wing propaganda machine Newsmax TV, no, they had to attack a 13-year-old limping dog who only had months left to live. So they decided to use Champ as a political weapon. Keep in mind that a very old dog has like health issues, they have matted fur, things like that. So in an embarrassing display of journalistic necrosis, host Greg Kelly and two of his guests presented to the viewers as presidential historians agreed on live TV that Champ is dirty, looks rough, disheveled like a junkyard dog. I mean, you're going to have to look at these two guys that he was interviewing on this particular segment. For one thing, they are rough and disheveled because (laughs) they are ancient and they are presidential historians because they were alive when Thomas Jefferson was still president. That's why they've been there there the whole time. I think it's just two random old guys. I don't I don't think they're really presidential historians. I think they just have like a stockpile of random old guys who have bad microphones and like a loner camera from Newsmax. They're like, hey, we're gonna talk about dogs? Sure, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> turn the camera on. We're gonna talk about a dog. Yeah, so let's hear the tape. Did you see the dog? Let's get I wanna show you something I noticed. Doesn't he look a little uh little rough. <laughs> I love dogs, but this dog needs a, a bath and a comb and uh, all kinds of love and care. I've never seen a dog in the White House uh, like this. I've, I remember Buddy. I remember Millie. I remember lots of dogs, but not a dog who seems, I don't know. I don't know how much love and care he is getting. Let's bring in the historians. I, I'm having fun with this, obviously, but I, I, I do want to talk about some stuff. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian. Craig, welcome back. And Doug Weed, presidential historian, former advisor to George H.W. Bush. That's the White House where I remember Millie. Millie had, like, a staff, and they really took care of her. Very beautiful dog. This dog looks like from, I'm sorry, from the junkyard. And I love that dog, but he looks like he's not been well cared for. No, not, not at all. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Uh, no, he looks very dirty and disheveled and uh, very unlike a presidential dog like uh, Millie or Victory or something else in the past in the, uh, pre- in the White House. Champ passed away three months after the Newsmax attack on June 19, 2021. But why this attack? Simple. The whole thing occurred in the context of the most severe freeze Texas experienced last year in 2021 when Senator Rafael Cruz, yeah, that's Ted Cruz's real name, fled to Cancun while people in Texas were burning clothes in their fireplaces to keep warm. The problem is that he left his adorable little pup named Snowflake, the irony, he left the pup behind. The senior editor of Texas Monthly, Michael Hardy, he snapped a photo of the tiny poodle behind Cruz's front door in the darkness all alone in a house without electricity and warmth and so on. Now, he wrote an article, obviously tweeted about this, and the tweet and the news about Snowflake got even more traction online because the Oval Poffice handle is at the Oval Poffice like office but with PO and double F, a fan account for the current White House pets and presidential pets in general, tweeted about the incident too. So the Oval Poffice contributed to amplifying the Snowflake situation. So it became big news, even the New York Times wrote about Ted Cruz leaving his dog behind in a freezing house. The article was titled, Ted Cruz is going to the dogs. After this whole Texas thing with Ted Cruz fleeing for Cancun, people freezing, him leaving his little puppy, Snowflake, behind in a house without electricity, 
I guess Newsmax wanted to counterattack the bad publicity Ted Cruz was getting and to retaliate, Newsmax didn't pick a fight with Michael Hardy or the New York Times as that would have been a lost battle from the start. I mean, those people are real journalists. So Kelly knew he wouldn't be able to take them on. So instead, Greg Kelly decided to attack an old dog, Champ, and the Oval Puffies, a Twitter fan account whose purpose is to promote adoptions and donate to animal shelters. Very manly. In fact, what you heard earlier is the second part of the Newsmax segment. Greg Kelly actually starts his bit by displaying on the screen a totally benign tweet from the Oval Office and lying to his viewers on purpose, skipping part of the tweet and claiming that the Oval Office is an official White House account run by none other than Press Secretary Jen Psaki, a complete fabrication as the Oval Office clearly stated and still does today in its bio that it's a fan account not affiliated with the White House. I got to show you some nonsense from the White House. They put this out. They've got this POFIS, some sort of cutesy account for the dogs. My dad, POTUS, is very upset. Many humans are enduring. Oh, give me a break. See, they're trying to be cute like a dog said all this stuff. He declared his dad a state of emergency in Oklahoma and Texas. I've never been so grateful to have a dad who genuinely cares about all of us. Pets, too. This Jen Psaki must have come up with this nonsense. It's so bad. Ooh. Anyway. And they say that Donald Trump tweeted weird stuff. Immediately after this segment aired, uh, the Oval Puffy started getting reported by hundreds of Newsmax viewers because Newsmax made sure the account's handle is displayed on the screen for an entire minute, exactly to cause the Oval Puffy to be banned. Now, Twitter's algorithm automatically suspended the account, but only temporarily, thanks to a most adorable Fox Red Labrador retriever named Gipper. And Gipper's humans are lawyers, and they own one of the most respected and feared boutique law firms in the country, Claire and Locke. And the Claire Locke attorneys really do care about justice. And they even went after Giuliani, uh, Powell and Lindell for their conspiracy claims about Dominion voting systems. So Gipper learned a thing or two. He's an experienced pup. So he wrote an official legally valid letter to Twitter's legal counsel, making it clear that the Oval Puffies didn't break any rules. On the contrary, they donate to animal welfare charities and they help get pets adopted. And Gipper demanded justice. So this letter is a work of art. It's written in Doggo. Gipper signed it with his own paw print and his title, Juris Doctor like dog Thor, like doctor, but dog. Oh my God. And he did all of this pro bono. bone Oh. Okay, was that too much? It's just exciting. Isn't this cute, though? I'm just, I don't know. No, because I have the video stuck in my head with Giuliani where he farted in front of a, like. Okay, we cut. Oh. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> There's, okay. We have to talk about Giuliani's farts. So, Giuliani is, during this whole contest. No, 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 no. During the whole contesting the election ordeal. Uh, this was, I believe, after he uh, he sweated all of the hair dye off of his head. Uh, that, I'm sure you saw that. And uh, so Giuliani is sitting in front of like an election commission panel in some random state, you know, giving his uh, his little speech. 
And, you know, there's a young girl sitting next to him uh, that's probably a staffer of some sort. And she looks like she's probably 25 or 30. And Giuliani, of course, is like 184. And uh, (laughs) so he's sitting there and he's doing his thing. And like mid-sentence, he stops for one word. And then there's a fart. Single witness. And right away, the girl looks and then she realizes what she's done and she tries to look away but it's too late she gave it away say yeah it was maybe a fart or it was maybe like a microphone uh, issue or something but when she like did this guy really just fart on me yes he did i did not see that that's crazy it's like that was the best part of the whole ordeal is this guy is literally falling apart not emotionally, physically falling apart in front of our very eyes. His head is melting. He farts. You know, it's like, I didn't know that he was going to make it through the next couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he's falling apart on all levels, if you ask me. But anyway, back to the story. Uh, The Oval Puffy's account was rightfully reinstated in a matter of hours, and we'll include the Claire Locke Gipper letter in our social media posts. It's one of the best things I've read online. I think it's still on the uh, Claire Locke Twitter account. Their Twitter account is actually at Claire Locke LLP, and you guys can see it there too for sure. It's the best legal letter in the history of legal letters. So Gipper got the Oval Puffy's reinstated, but also, you know, the fact that there are so many other pet accounts, really great people that tweeted in support of the Puffies, that helped a lot too. And some of them are worth mentioning here because in this whole crazy news situation we're now and with the war going on and everything, if you guys need some cool accounts to follow and, you know, forget about the crazy for a minute and have a smile on your face for a while, uh, these are our suggestions at Rate My Skype Room. Uh, they're the room raters. They're famous. You'll see why. At Olivia Troy. It's spelled T-R-O-Y-E. She's a former White House Homeland Security Advisor to Pence, and she's now very active in Renew America movement at Renew America, an organization whose purpose is to defeat extremists and restore a common sense coalition in American politics. And she's awesome. And she, of course, has two pups, Ringo and Stevie. Uh, Also at Rex the TV Terrier. Oh my goodness, I love Rex. You should check his account out. At Harborhound8. This is Luca and Chloe the cat. Luca is the pup and Chloe is the cat. You're going to see them online. They have great, great photos and great stuff they post every day. And of course, Lorenzo the cat. Their account is at Lorenzo the cat. And of course, Artemis O'Rourke. She's a black lab, just like Myody. And she has her own Twitter account where she barks in support of her dad, Beto O'Rourke. And she was essential in saving the Oval Puffies. The Artemis account is at first underline dog underline USA. So at first dog USA with underlines. Now there's a really cool account that I like also at Ted Cruz Poodle. The title of the Twitter account is Ted Cruz Poodle and Kitten. I'm presuming Ted Cruz maybe adopted a kitten in the meantime, which look, I'm going to give him that. At least as far as I know, Snowflake the Poodle was adopted. So at least he adopts. He doesn't shop. So, you know. Give credit where it's due, right? It's not enough that you lock the poodle in the house in the freezing cold. I now you got to stick. Now he's stuck with a cat too. <laughs> I'm just trying. Okay, I'm just trying to, you know, be objective here. And I, I don't know. I'm trying to say something nice about that cruise, I guess, just so that, you know, I'm trying to get the good vibes back on. <laughs> I don't know. That's a stretch. <laughs> I know. Okay. 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 You're right. Now, 
The last two accounts at bunny named Koava, C-O-A-V-A. This is a bunny account and you have to follow this bunny account because it will make your life better. And at KD Spinney, K-D-S-P-I-N-N-E-Y on Instagram. Kimberly Spinney is a journalist and she writes for Dogo Day. And that's at Dogo Day FS on Insta. So these are the people and groups of people and pet accounts that I suggest everybody would look up and, you know, enjoy because all these accounts do good charitable work as well. So that's another thing. They are always helpful if they can. And I don't know, just fun people to follow. I'm jealous that I did not think of the Room Raider idea because I am completely the type of person who makes fun of, you know, people with six-figure and seven-figure jobs that have terrible rooms in their houses. There is no excuse if you uh, are on TV as some sort of expert with Ivy League credentials to have an ugly room that you do your TV interviews in. I mean, come on, man. You got to read like two architecture books and you should be able to decorate a room. But no, these people live in terrible places. And uh, yes, that is a fantastic concept. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to do a thing where we talk about like Frederick Jameson and Walter Benjamin and like three people are going to listen to that or something. But yeah. So yeah, the Room Raiders are really, really a great account. They always make me laugh, you know, and they make me smile. That's that's the whole point. It's a fun account. Now, let's discuss Major Biden for a bit. Major is the first shelter dog to have lived, even for a brief period of time, in the White House. But as we explained before, it wasn't the right environment for him, and he had a few nipping incidents. And because he is a shelter pup, all the breeders and puppy millers of the internet were jumping with joy. They thought a point was proven, as in only purebreds can behave. You know, which is really disturbing and disgusting. And as we'll see in a moment, so many other purebred presidential pups did much worse. One could argue some caused international incidents even. So this is, wait, so this is like a real controversy? (laughs) Yes, this is a real thing. So... Major Biden had to, the Bidens had to give him. No, I get that. I get that he bit people. That's, and yeah, that's fine. You're a dog. You know, he that's didn't what... really bite, bite people because, you know, when you say bite people, might imagine like this vicious attack, you know? Yeah, no, well. it was like nipping, which is, I mean, come on. I, don't I mean, know. it's a dog. That's what they do. They have, yeah. that's all they have is a face, you know? There you go, face first into everything. But yes. no, I was talking about people arguing with each other about, breeder dogs versus shelter dogs does that really happen yes i mean from what i've seen online there were discussions like oh yeah that's why they had to give up major because you know if they had bought him and uh, they would have known his lineage the dog would have behaved because you know but this was this was a dog from a shelter so which is i mean i got so upset it's just stupid You know, like dog behavior has nothing to do with whether a dog comes from a shelter or whether a dog was bought from a breeder, which, by the way, I don't condone at all. Like, as far as I'm concerned, everybody should adopt. But pets are pets and they react differently to different people. It's people who should grow up and understand that, you know, and just like Champ, Major got attacked in the press, but things went even further. So Major Biden is the only pet in history 
whose less than perfect behavior was considered reason enough by Judicial Watch to file a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the United States Department of Homeland Security for records of communication between the Secret Service officials assigned to the White House regarding the Biden family dogs. <laughs> so, okay, here's another, here's another question. When all of the judges are Republican appointees, what is Judicial Watch going to do all day long? <laughs> I, I do not know. I, I do mean, not it's know. already like three-fourths. I wonder how much they spend on this. And oh, also... A lot of money, I think, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's expensive, you know, like... <laughs> yes, that's the thing. It's like the vast majority of these judges are Republican appointees because when Republicans lose a presidential election, they just block all the other guys' appointees. And then when they win the next presidential election, then they appoint like a dozen and, you know, in response. So there's already like three-fourths Republican judges. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not minimizing majors biting, nipping incidents, but it's clear this lawsuit is using both champ and major as political weapons, even though Judicial Watch described themselves as a conservative, non-partisan, educational foundation promoting transparency, which in itself is an oxymoron. <laughs> That's like saying I have a green orange sweater, you know? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Conservative, non-partisan is an oxymoron with accent on moron. <laughs> But either way, two months after they filed the lawsuit, on the same day that 13 U.S. service members died in a bomb attack at Hamid Karzai International Airport as American troops were withdrawing from Afghanistan, Judicial Watch tweeted, Breaking news! Secret Service records show Biden dog major repeatedly beat Secret Service personnel. The 36 pages of documents do reveal that Kimberly Chittle, the assistant director of the Secret Service Protective Operations, when informed about the lawsuit, she actually responded, this is ridiculous. That's <laughs> not breaking news, that, by the way. <laughs> no, and that, I remember that day. So that day... Like, there was nothing else on the news but the 13 um, U.S. military who got killed in a bomb attack, you know, as people were evacuating from Afghanistan. And these guys come with this breaking news tweet about the dogs. I mean, mm. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And let me be clear. Judicial Watch also outed Champ, who was almost 14 at the time of the incident, for doing a doo-doo in front of the diplomatic room in the White House. And when the documents were released, so when Trump was outed for this incident, Trump had already passed away. I mean, I don't know. It's just... I, I, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> How can nobody notice when the dog needs to go poop? It's like, don't you have people walking around there all day long? This is like one person like, hey... That dog is doing some pacing and uh, looking around. Maybe you should take him outside. I mean, if you don't let the dog out, he's going to poop on the floor. Yeah, I think so. I think because of his age, you know, he was 13 for sure. I think almost 14, actually, uh, right before he died. I think because of his age, he probably, you know. He's like, screw it. I, I'm not going no, I'm not going outside for poops anymore. I'm done with that. This is it. Yeah, and I think when, yeah, when pets get to be that old, I, I think 
incontinence is an issue, just like in humans, you know. And I think it's not that there were not people around, you know, watching and caring to take Champ outside if he needed. It's just that a 14-year-old dog, 13, 14-year-old dog, probably, you know, he just went because he, you know, that's it. He just went. I don't know. I wonder how they had to be because the bear will fart and then look around like, what was that? And it was like, you farted, doofus. That's what that was. Just like the last time you farted. <laughs> really, you're six years old and you don't realize yet that that was you. Yes. And I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of dogs do this stuff because Odie sometimes, he rarely farts with sound, right? My dog. But when he does, he scares himself. Exactly. He, it's startling. Yeah, yeah. He startles himself. And then he looks at me as if I've done, like, what have you done to me? You know, I'm like, no, you just did a farty fart, mama. It's okay. You know, like that. <laughs> And how does a dog fart smell so bad? Oh my goodness, it's toxic. It's you have to open the window. Like yes, it's 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 a smell that you cannot mistake for anything else. It's it's bad. Major is not the first presidential dog to generate headlines. This episode could very well be entitled A Tale of Two Majors. Uh, one of FDR's many pets, a German shepherd also named Major, beat Senator Hattie Carraway of Arkansas during a party thrown by First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. And according to an article in the New York Times, it wasn't a bad bite, just a scratch that made a momentary bit of excitement. See, because at the time, people were not losing their minds over little incidents. Everybody loses their minds these days. No, seriously, at the time, it was just different. Now I feel like every little thing, even the pets are being politicized and attacked. All of these bits remind me. There is something wrong with Arkansas. <laughs> so I've lived there too, briefly, in Little Rock. There is a fascination among the right-wing state legislators in Arkansas with getting rid of animal cruelty laws. And most of these guys are like farm subsidy and farm corporation well, that's why. Uh, defenders. Yeah. And so they're, I think they're all terrified of winding up in a PETA video or something. And these guys throw outrageous amounts of money behind getting a guy elected to Congress that looks like somebody from Hee Haw and his entire purpose uh, in the state legislature is to get rid of the law that says you can't <laughs> beat a horse on Thursdays or something like that. They are completely obsessed. It's insane. I don't no, get it. It is but insane. You, <laughs> but I think it's connected to money because uh, farm animals. So the thing is, the less regulations you have, to provide them with a good life and, you know, excellent conditions and non-cruel. I don't even want to talk about it because I can't even say, like, slaughtering. I, anyway, the point is the more anti-cruelty laws you have, the more expensive is for farms and people who in the farming industry that these politicians have interests in and money invested in, the more difficulties for them and the more pricier is for them. So basically... Why they do this? It's for profit. Uh, yes, it, it always is. And even more nefarious is the fact that, uh, I mean, half of Arkansas is national forest. It's really a nice state if you like the outdoors. But it goes without saying that, you know, every one of these state legislators who looks like a guy from Hee Haw wants to have an industrial-sized pig farm 
on the pristine river inside the National Forest, too. So there's that. Yes, that's the other part of it. Yeah, it's they're destroying everything. I, I really don't get how these people are thinking, what their thought process is. So first of all, you're abusing animals, uh, cruelty, pain, suffering, all that stuff for money. And then you want to destroy the environment and the ecosystems there. And it's not like we have another planet to live on right now, first of all. Secondly, I mean, I know they don't care about the rest of us, you know, but don't they care about what their children and grandchildren... I, I just don't get it. What's the thought process there? No, they're not. That's the, that's the thing. No, they're not going to live here because you can ask any one of these guys and they'll all tell you that the rapture is going to be here in a couple of weeks. They uh, They got it all figured out. So it's, yeah, it's been think, coming yeah, every couple of uh, yeah, it's been coming every couple of weeks for the last three hundred yeah. years. So anyway, yeah. that's why I have a major problem with organized religion. But anyway, anyway, let's get back to our fun part because we want to keep on the good vibes. But okay. wait, you can't. Okay, <laughs> so they do have nice buildings. We cannot make fun of the cathedral. They have nice buildings. No, so that's the thing. Architecture is different. <laughs> but I'm talking about the you know the ideology of organized religion and this thought process of like oh well. Whatever happens is because God, like, no, we're not going to cut the forests. I don't think God wants, like, we're no, not going to abuse gonna... the animals. I don't think that's, anyways, just the whole organized religion thing is like a pet peeve of mine. And I don't, I don't want to get into it because I want to keep the good vibes going for this episode. We want to talk about pets and. We will agree on the Philip Larkin version of that. So. I do not know what that version is because I am not as cultured as you are. And I do not have a literature degree. Philip Larkin is not cultured either. He's very crude. And that's why he's not. Did you just laureate. call me uncultured here? <laughs> like on our podcast? Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said Philip Larkin was not cultured yeah, either. either. On purpose. Well, I he mean, was either not. that means I'm not cultured too. You said you were not yes, cultured. Yes, but I was hoping you'd contradict me. I did with Philip yeah, Larkin. Okay. Let, let's move it's on. Fine. Let, let's move. One person is going to get all that, and they will appreciate yes, it. But I told you, like your uh, your communication skills, <laughs> they are a brick through a window. That's that's your. <laughs> See, that's the poem. It's literally called "High Windows." See? It's anti-religion, but they got nice windows. That's the gist of it. And yes, that's where we agree. Yes. Back to our little story here. Now, Andrew Hager, the in-house historian at the Presidential Pet Museum, yes, there's such a museum, told Denver 7 News that in 1933, and I quote, Major Roosevelt tore the British Prime Minister's pants that happened during the PM's very first trip to the White House. Staff had to find a new pair of pants so that Mr. Ramsey could modestly take his leave. <laughs> oh, no, not the pants. <laughs> No, but I'm trying to say it's funny because, you know, uh, Roosevelt's dog was also named Major. And Major did, the Major Roosevelt did much more than Major Biden did, you know? And <laughs> This is a very British thing, too. Okay, I'll, we can give you one more story. So, I have exactly three British friends. These guys came to meet some friends of mine when I lived in Little Rock. This guy in Little Rock had a bunch of antique motorcycle parts that were for like BSA and Indian motorcycles. And uh, this is, of course, useless to people in America, by and large, who only want Harley stuff. And so these guys were coming over from England to buy old motorcycles and old motorcycle parts. 
And you got to figure, okay, so they know when they get here, you're going to a junkyard, literally. This guy lives in a junkyard. There's crap laying everywhere. That's rusty. It's oily and just dirty. And in true British fashion, they show up in like khaki slacks and Oxford shirts that had clearly been pressed that morning to take apart old rusty motorcycles and stuff them in a storage container to be loaded on a ship. So the British, well-dressed. Uh, and I can see how losing your pants would be a traumatic experience for them. Yes. And I think the story is funny. And it just goes to show again that I guess in 1933, nobody attacked that dog for being ugly or whatever. And he almost caused an international incident. But back to President Theodore Roosevelt, his dog Pete, a bull terrier mix, was described by the White House Historical Association as, I quote, the naughtiest dog to ever call the White House home. Pete attacked the French ambassador, Jean Josserand, and chased him across the South Lawn and up a tree, ripping off his pants. So, <laughs> again, another pants <laughs> Did nobody ever tell these people, do not run from the dog? <laughs> yes, I guess. No, they didn't. <laughs> you just stand there and look at the dog, and the dog is not, I mean, but I don't get funny. it. But it's funny. I don't know, Neil. I think these stories, I'm so happy they happened, because they just show that a dogs, no matter who they belong to, they're always going to be dogs, and people should just understand that and not cause such drama over minor incidents. It's crazy. At the dog park that Sandra and I used to go to, I only remember there was one family that brought their kids to the dog park that actually properly taught their kids how to behave around the dog. Yes. And they were from Australia. They were not from the US. Yeah. And by the way, guys, that's how Neil and I met at the dog park because of our dogs, Odie and Kelly, aka Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in September 2008, Barney Bush, a Scottish terrier, beat Boston Celtics PR director on the wrist, breaking the skin and drawing blood. I guess Barney was not a fan of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> well, that could have been overdramatic, too. I mean, you. so, yeah, you're not going to get this joke. We all remember Paul Pierce being carried off the court, you know, with a, uh, a sprained <laughs> toe or something like that. It was a, uh, yeah. We'll just have to let that one go because Sandra doesn't know about the NBA. We're going to do our NBA podcast like 10 years from now. I have no idea about The NBA has more drama than Twitter by far. You are going to love it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to trust you on that one. But this incident uh, with Barney Bush was not reported until after the November 4 elections. And two days later, on November 6, Barney beat then Reuters reporter John Decker's finger. And there's footage of the incident on the internet. And I stand with Barney. I mean, Barney obviously passed away, but I'm on his side. Don't stick your hand in a dog's face like that. And in the reporter's defense, he didn't make a big deal out of this either. And he was kind of smiling and thinking it was a funny situation as he was talking about it on camera, right? So that's what I'm saying. I guess that up to very recently, people were more relaxed about this kind of thing. I mean, it was a bite on the finger. I mean, nobody sued Barney Bush or the Bushes or <laughs> the Secret Service. It's insane. Well, I mean, if you're a Reuters reporter and you get kicked out of the White House, <laughs> you're going to be working at uh, some nowhere newspaper and Kansas or something. You're not going to be uh, you're not going to be working for Reuters in the White House anymore because that's your only value is being invited to the White House. Yeah, so. and I mean, 
I, I honestly think he wouldn't have been kicked out. If, but it's just like you could see his reaction in the moment because the whole thing was filmed. Like, I don't think he had time to think, but that was his genuinely reaction. Like, he didn't... He treated it as what it was, like a minor incident. His finger was fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's a nip on the finger. Come on, get over it. Did he stick his hand out, like, open palm or, like, fingers open yes, towards yes, the dog? Yes, yes, like, to pet him on the face almost. Like, it was, that's what I'm saying. Like, I... Yeah, nobody knows that you have to let the dog smell the back of your hand first either, apparently. Yes. Yeah, so. you put your hand in a fist and, you know, wrist up and you approach it to the dog's nose and they can sniff your hand with the fingers in like that. And then you can slowly pet him. Yeah, that's... That's how it's done. As long as your hand does not smell like a dog fart. <laughs> oh my goodness, Neil. <laughs> I don't think our listeners are going to be too excited about the farts. We need to stop with the farts. This is too much. Before we get into some really funny presidential pet stories, I have a message for everyone. Please, please, please adopt, don't shop. Even if you like a specific breed, there are pet shelters specializing in that. You can find any breed you want at the shelter. No reason to buy dogs and kitties as long as there are amazing loving pets in kill shelters everywhere that are going to, you know, lose their lives if they don't find a home. And look, the whole, uh, oh, but sometimes breeders are responsible. Not everything is a puppy meal. I don't know. Let's ask the female dog whose sole purpose is to give birth her entire life for some humans to profit out of that. So she might disagree. I think it's time that we, as a superior species we think we are, act like it. And people who make a comfortable living on the backs of innocent pets can surely find something else less exploitative to do. So please adopt. Adopt senior pets. They are amazing. Adopt pets with disabilities. Adopt black cats. They are not bad luck. That's such a stupid superstition. Adopt black dogs too. That's it. Adopt on shop and be kind and protect all animals. Even far away, there's a uh, another charity that brings to mind. So there's, there's an aviation uh, charity called Pilots and Paws. And this is people who volunteer. That's so cute. Yes, they volunteer their airplanes and they do all this for free. And they, you know, somebody in, say, Nebraska wants a dog and a shelter in Mississippi, then they will just, you know, they will go figure out like three or four airplanes and they'll put it all together so that they fly the dog from Mississippi to Nebraska. So, yes. That's amazing. So, pilots and pose. Yeah. And by the way, guys, uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, earlier episodes about the China plane crash and some of the others, well, Neil is a pilot. So, that's how he knows all this stuff. I had no idea about pilots and pose, but I'm glad you told us because I feel that's such a good thing, right? Like, they're doing such great work. Yeah, but you got to put earphones on the dog because the dog hates the airplane. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> the bear... So... Okay, slight diversion. She hates the airplanes because, well, it's loud and, you know, dogs can hear better than we can. And so the bear has reasoned that the windshield wipers in the car are basically the same thing as an airplane propeller. And she will not be in the car while it is raining because the windshield wipers are Aww. coming to get you. Baby bear. <laughs> <laughs> she, one day leaving out of the park, it started raining First, she jumped in a complete stranger's car because logically they don't have the windshield wipers. So it's only me. Yeah, she got It's like, okay, this is it. I'm out. I'm going to live with them and I will see you later. So she just jumped in their car and then naturally they put her out. And then she ran across the parking lot to TJ Maxx. 
It's, of course, it has an automatic door, so it opened for her when she got there. Yeah, I drive over to TJ Maxx, find a parking spot, and I go inside. And there are two women standing at the checkout at TJ Maxx saying, do not touch it. It's a coyote. Because the bear is sitting there next to them, next to the candy bars, because, sure, somebody's going to give me a candy bar if I just sit here and wait long enough. And it's like, no, it's not a coyote. It's a dog. And it just wants a candy bar. So it'll be fine. I mean, we have to tell them the story about the Kelly and the paws at the dog park when that dog stepped on the, on, on her paw. Yeah, it was Skip. There's a bulldog named Skip. Yeah, Skip. And yeah, Skip and the bear get into like this wrestling thing. And then he will spin around really fast and give her like a butt spin and hit her with his butt and it knocks her down because he's bigger than she is and she gets furious. And so then she will get on the table at the park, like a picnic table. And when he tries to get up there and get her on top of the table, she bites his jowls and that makes him furious uh, because there's no defense when she bites your your lips, uh, except if you step on her toe, at which point she comes unhinged. <laughs> You're making it sound like they're really fighting. Uh, he's joking. They're not really fighting. So this is more like a playful thing. So don't think like she's actually biting the other dog. No, Kelly's more like she's she's a loving bear. And when they play rough... That's what they do. But then I think Skip stepped on uh, one of her paws and then Kelly was like, kind of like crying, like, you know. It was the most overdramatic scream like that anybody's ever heard. Yeah, but she was like crying and she was holding up a <laughs> paw and I was like, Neil, look, she's hurt. I mean, her paw. And then Neil looked and he was like, oh, that's the wrong paw. Like, Skip actually <laughs> stepped on the other paw. So she's just, yeah, she was doing that for attention, I guess. For like, yeah. Yes, yes. It's all a, it's all an act. It's all theater. But Yeah, but it's adorable, isn't it, though? It is. It really is. My dog is not much of a, like, he loves people more than he loves dogs. I mean, he would play, but we go to the dog park for the people. He likes to get petted and all that stuff. And he eats flies. So Odie eats flies. He eats everything that flies. Uh, he thinks they're flying treats. And I can't believe he ate the spider that I tried to save. <laughs> like I, I went out of my way to save a spider that descended on its uh, on its web from the tree in front of me. So it's like I caught the spider on the end of my Diet Coke bottle and shuffled him off toward the ground. And uh, yeah, Sandra's dog snatched him out of midair. <laughs> so all that for nothing, the spider got eaten. Yeah. I mean, I do feel sorry for the spider. What can I say, Odie? Like, he even ate a, a wasp or a bee, and his whole head got swollen up, and, like, he he was on Benadryl for three days or something. But guess what? He never learned the lesson. Like, he went to the same spot in the garden two days later and ate another whatever thing, wasp, bee. Okay, now let's get into some fun stuff and the more unusual pets that lived in the White House. Let's talk about those. And... While most presidents had dogs, 31 out of 46 presidents actually had some other animals too. But as far as dog names go, John Adams wins the competition. <laughs> he was the second US president, but the first to reside in the White House, and he had two dogs named Juno and Satan, and the horse named Cleopatra. <laughs> Everybody in Colonial America was reading their John Milton every day, and Satan was the good guy in it. So, yes, it does not surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. No, but I like that. And anyway, let's be honest. I mean, uh, Lucifer, for example, translated from Latin, it actually means knowledge or morning star. So, mm, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole lot of discussion on the symbolism of actual names that we perceive as being completely negative and, you know, uh, like a negative connotation, but some of them didn't start that way. We took a small break during recording and actually my dog came and brought me his bone, which is actually a toy. It's not a bone. It's like a little squeaky toy uh, made out of plastic. And I gave him some more peanut butter on it. And I mean, he burped. (laughs) Make a sound, mama, make a sound. He just blurped. Oh, <laughs> I can hear him. He's like that's what he does in the phone when he wants his peanut butter. Yes, and you know what? It's it's crazy because uh, he's generally silent, but when we talk on the phone, I think he just wants all the attention for himself. That's when he starts doing that. Like he just doesn't want me on the phone. <laughs> like, yeah, the bear is jealous of the phone too. She paces the living room and gives me the silent barks. And uh, then I get the sad chin on my knee if Aww. the silent barks don't work. Now, during an 1825 tour of the United States, French revolutionary hero the Marquis de Lafayette visited the White House. And he had an unusual gift for then-President John Quincy Adams an alligator, and Adams decided to lodge the reptile in the East Room of the White House, which had its own bathtub, and according to White House legend, he would freak out unsuspecting visitors on tours by showing them into the room with the alligator. I don't know, like, if this is true, I don't like this story that much, just because I feel it's kind of animal abuse to (laughs) keep an alligator in a bathtub. I mean, that's not where they're supposed to be, but... This was 1825, so I don't know. So I have, and I will qualify by saying, first of all, the alligator was not hurt. I have run over an alligator, a big one, in my car before. Yeah, but it's Louisiana. not like you did it on purpose anyway, you know what no, I mean? No, it's yeah. like you. it happens. You round a curve in the road and there's an alligator there. They come out in the fall when it starts to get cold, but they're not quite ready to hibernate. They come out and lay on the road to warm up mm-hmm. during the day. So you will round a curve and there should be an alligator like laying in the road to warm up. And so I rounded a curve once and ran over an alligator. Probably he was a good eight or nine feet long. Not only was he not hurt, but he was very mad. And uh, so I tried to I tried to miss him as much as possible. I like ran over him anyway. And I kind of like went off the edge of the road and blew out a tire. So, well, this is a conundrum because the alligator is not only not hurt, but he's mad. And I can't drive away because I have a busted tire. So we have then uh, the proverbial uh, Mexican standoff where I cannot change the tire (laughs) and the alligator cannot let me go because he's mad. So I have to wait until he's, you know, gets over being mad and just walks away and then I can go change the tire. So yeah, had to wait him out for about 45 minutes before he got over being mad. No, but I'm happy you, you were both okay, you and the alligator. You know, like I do believe that uh, humans could make it in such a way to where we stop, I don't know, building things everywhere and taking more and more of other animals' habitats and then we get upset when those animals have nowhere else to go. Like, you know, some places 
like near the dog park where we used to go, there were coyotes and stuff. And people were like, well, I saw a coyote. Well, yeah, because everything is being built on. There is no habitat for them to live in. So they're going to try to get food and what they need from human settlements because that's what's left. There's nothing else for them to go. So don't be upset that there's a coyote. I mean. Yeah, there's there's always going to be coyotes in Texas. They're not uh, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, President Andrew Jackson, for example, this is this is a cool story. He was an ex-soldier and he loved swearing. So when he was elected president in 1830, he brought his pet parrot Paul with him and it seems the bird picked up some <laughs> the bird picked up some of the president's own salty vocabulary, and according to contemporary accounts, uh, at Jackson's own funeral service, at the family residence, the bird started loudly shrieking swear words, so offensive that it had to be taken away, so they had to take Paul away from the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes without saying that Andrew Jackson was also the only president to have like roosters in the White House, too. So he wasn't, I don't think he was fighting them in the White House or anything, but of course he did. (laughs) Now, the eighth president, Martin Van Buren, was gifted two tiger cubs by the Sultan of Oman. And Van Buren loved the animals so much so that he fought Congress to be allowed to keep them in the White House. Congress argued that the cubs had been gifted to the United States, not Van Buren personally, and that it was up to Congress to decide what to do with them. Van Buren argued that they had been given to him and that he wanted to keep them. In the end, Congress won and the cubs were removed from the White House and placed in a Washington Zoo, which honestly I think is for the best. That's the 19th century version of the Newsmax controversy where Congress had nothing better to do than, you know, it's like, we're going to get the tigers. And it's like, why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I mean, that is something that I also, I, I kind of understand because also like tiger cubs would grow up and like tigers are not something you want walking around freely. Sure, but you don't need an act of Congress. You can just wait until they're not little kittens anymore and then you could just bring them somewhere. I mean, this does not need an act of Congress, I don't think. As I said, I don't know. Congress felt that the cops belonged to the United States, not to the president himself. So, well, I'm sure it was some petty political grievance. You give these people too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a funny one. President Woodrow Wilson had a flock of sheep grazing the lawns, and one of the reasons was to cut down lawn cutting costs during World War One, which is something I kind of like. And among the sheep, there was a tobacco chewing ram called Old Dyke. Now, I don't know, but like tobacco, why would you give that to an animal? I don't think that's good. I think that's very detrimental to the animal. And I do get, right, this was way back when, so it's not now in 2022, but still kind of crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Goats steal stuff. He could have just taken it. (laughs) <laughs> when oh, nobody okay. was looking. That is true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. The, uh, and then the legend kind of like grew on its own that, yeah. Now, First Lady Grace Coolidge and President Calvin Coolidge had a variety of animals living with them at the White House. And most notably a donkey, a bobcat and geese. And they adored animals. They also had a pet raccoon named Rebecca. And Rebecca was supposed to be part of the Thanksgiving dinner. And this is where I was like, wait, what? Like, who eats raccoon? Like, I mean, anyway, so Rebecca was supposed to be part of the Thanksgiving dinner, and she was sent especially from Tennessee to the White House 
to serve this purpose, but the Coolidges could not bear the thought of eating Rebecca as she was too cute and they got attached to her very fast. And it said that White House staff weren't so thrilled with Rebecca as she clambered onto furniture and damaged the fine upholstery on a regular basis. <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was in college, I was moving out of an apartment once. And, uh, you know, as you do when you're moving out of an apartment, you're broke in college. You're just like throwing stuff in the trunk of the car in trash bags. And uh, so I'm taking two bags out to the trunk of the car and the trunk lid's already open. And I get around and there's a giant raccoon in the trunk of the car, like going through the bags. And he's like a foot away from me. And as soon as I'm making noise, like when I stop, he stands straight up. Looks over one shoulder, looks over the other shoulder, satisfied there's nobody there, and goes right back to digging in the bag. Exactly. He never saw me. Also, shout out to the pothead animal names meme guy who called a raccoon a trash panda. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one, trash panda. Yeah, but I feel that it has a negative connotation attached to it, and it's and it bothers me a bit because raccoons are wonderful animals. I love raccoons. They're very smart. I like them. I don't know. I just love raccoons. But about Rebecca. So first of all, I did not know that in the history of America, there was a time when Americans ate raccoons. I find it insane. And according to Associated Press and an extensive Washington Post article about Rebecca, early 1927 renovations in the White House forced the Coolidges into temporary housing. And they thought they would leave Rebecca to live outdoors in her low tree house and enclosure on the White House grounds, but the president missed her. So after he finished working one March day, he took Rebecca back to his lodging in DuPont Circle. And she borrowed close to him during the limousine ride, but then Rebecca beat him on the hand. And sadly, she was sent to live her life at the zoo with other raccoons. Now, this goes to show that wild animals should live in their natural habitats. People should just give up trying to do this stuff. Let them be with other raccoons wherever they live in their habitat. My poor grandfather, rest in peace, was twice in his life accosted by wild animals, and both of them were hilarious. So my first trip to a zoo when I was a kid, I'm with my grandfather. I'm probably like four or five years old. And, uh, you know, my grandfather came straight home from work and he's got, he's still got, you know, like his white button down, you know, dress shirt on. And uh, so we're walking through the zoo. We come across the monkeys, the chimpanzees. There's a boulder in the uh, little chimpanzee area. And uh, it's not glass. It's just a cage, you know, like bars in front of them. So... We're not completely isolated. And the monkey uh, does not like my grandfather at all. So the monkey, he jumps on the boulder and there's like a hole in the boulder and he pees in the hole. He leans over. He takes a big mouthful of the pee that he just put in the hole in the boulder, jumps on the bars and spits it in my grandfather's so my first trip to the zoo was like 10 minutes because he was so he's like, he was so mad. He's like, screw this. We're leaving. So, yeah, don't go to the zoo. Not only is it a prison for animals, but the monkey may pee in your face. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the other time, so he also learned a lesson about playing with wild animals. So he had a, he had an apartment above his garage. He built an apartment above the garage that nobody ever lived in, so I don't know what the purpose of it was. But flying squirrels took up residence in the uninhabited 
uh, garage apartment. And uh, when he found out they were in there, he didn't want to get rid of them. So he would go up there and he would play with the flying squirrels. And, uh, oh, yeah, look, there's fun. They like me. That went on for about two weeks. And then he got attacked and viciously scratched (laughs) in the face by the flying squirrels after they'd had enough of him. So, yeah. Imagine it's like, and they are literally flying squirrels. It's like they can jump and fly across the room. So, I mean, imagine you are attacked by a like a flying rodent. <laughs> like, imagine if rats could fly and they attacked well, I you. I don't know what to say. I mean, I. I... <laughs> They just decided one day, it's like, nope, you're out of here. <laughs> they took over the territory, yeah. They were like, okay, now this apartment is ours. You're not allowed in here anymore. We can't discuss presidential pets without mentioning Nemo Macron, uh, a shelter dog who became the first dog of France. Nemo is one of my favorite presidential dogs. He is a dog ambassador extraordinaire for orphan pets and a national pride for the French people who adore him. And he regularly attends official functions and cabinet meetings with his dad, Emmanuel Macron. And during one such meeting at the Elysee Palace, bored by the inner city investment talk, Nemo stole the spotlight and generated headlines when he casually did a pee-pee on a gilded 1720s fireplace on camera. <laughs> Now look, there, there is conversation about this. It's so good. I wondered what that noise was, said Brun Poirson, junior ministry for ecology, interrupted mid-sentence by Nemo's misdemeanor. Does this happen often? inquired junior minister Julian de Nomardry. No, you have triggered a totally unusual behavior in my dog, said Macron, laughing. So <laughs> I kind of like the fact that the French president, like any loving dog dad, Kind of like jokingly blamed the people in the room for Nemo's lack of gravitas. And this is posed down one of the best uh, dog moments in history. Did I ever tell you about my daughter's cat in the fireplace? No, <laughs> but it sounds very similar. <laughs> no, it's not. My daughter's cat was laying next to the fireplace one winter and set her tail on fire. Oh, my God. And the cat never knew that the tail was on fire. It's like all of us, all three of us, like me, my wife, my daughter. Oh. We were sitting there and we just all happened to be looking. I guess it's because we were thinking, it's like that cat is too close to the fire. And about the time we all looked and thought that, the cat just swishes the tail over into the fire. And there's a long-haired cat. She's a snowshoe cat. So, yes, the cat <laughs> lights the tip of her tail on fire and then swishes it back out of the fire and in such a way that the air movement just blew the fire out. And the cat is looking at us like, what? What are you staring at me for? It's like, idiot, you just set your tail on fire. And the cat never knew that. Oh, I'm so happy that it wasn't worse. But yeah, no, I mean, in that context like that, that's a funny story because the cat didn't get hurt. But oh, I, I would have died. Oh. That's why the bear is terrified of the fire. She said, well, look at what happened to the cat. The cat almost died <laughs> and didn't even know what was going on. And yeah, the bear won't even walk past the fire. Yeah. And, you know, back to our subject this time about politicizing presidential pets. Le Pen, like, those people could have easily attacked Nemo. Nobody did that. Nobody attacked the dog. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm trying to say, that... There should be a limit to how far politics should go. Leave the children and the pets alone. You know, if you have an issue with a candidate or with a president, whatever, speak up. It's a free world. But 
on the other hand, leave the dogs and the children alone. And on that note, do you know whose dogs don't get mocked ever? Hmm. Putin's dogs. I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody in Russia <laughs> would dare say anything about his dogs. Now he did love one dog in particular, and I think it's because dogs are the only ones he can trust. And I also think his dogs are probably the only ones in the world that trust him. But Connie, Connie Putin. Well, the gymnast. Yeah, we're going to talk about, talk about the gy- gymnast too. <laughs> he loves the gy- Yeah, he obviously loves the gymnast. And can you blame him? I mean, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's beautiful. But back to Connie Putin. Connie was this black Labrador dog and she looked just like my Odie, a little chunky. That's how Connie looked. And Connie was often seen at the president's side and was sometimes allowed to attend meetings when Putin greeted world leaders during their visits to Russia. And Putin was being updated on the progress of the Russian global navigation satellite system, GLONASS, in 2007, when he inquired as to whether he would be able to buy a device hooked into GLONASS that would allow him to keep track of his dog, Connie. And the caller was demonstrated on Connie on October 17, 2008. So Connie was the first recipient of a GLONASS-enabled pet collar. So basically the first GPS collar, I guess, for dogs. Yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. This is a setup. This is all theater. There's no way in 2008 that they had a dog collar-sized GPS receiver for a dog. There's, it's, I guarantee you it was a big setup just for a ridiculous PR thing. If they did that in 2007, like the dog collar would have been as big as a brick. It's like even in 2022, there's barely small GPS dog collars. There's no way I'm buying that they had such a thing in 2008. I think it was a setup. So you think this was propaganda? Absolutely. Yes. There's no way they had such a small device in 2008 to track a dog. I think uh, it was probably just a regular collar and they took a piece of plastic and stuck it on there and said, look, GPS tracking for a dog. There's no such thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's entirely possible because we saw what's coming out of the Kremlin and like, I mean, it's what they do. It's all lies. I'm just saying that, I don't know, on the other hand, Maybe they had the technology and maybe they did a small test. I don't know. Then again, maybe if you have your entire country that has orders from one guy, you could just say, well, every engineer has to work on a dog collar today. So maybe they did. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know. We don't know, but it's a good story either way. And see, this is the idea we're trying to get across, actually. Like, everyone hates Putin, right? Nobody hates Putin's dogs. I think this is what we've been trying to say all along throughout the episode in this context of politicizing presidential pets. And as we promised, let's discuss a bit about Volodymyr Zelensky's pets. I did some digging. The Ukrainian president and first lady Olena Zelenska have a bunch of pets. People only know about the pups, Nora and Petya. Uh, Nora is a girl. She's the big white fluffy dog and Petya is the tiny black pupper. But the Zelenskys also have a kitty and a hamster. And the hamster is named Yasha. We'll post the photos on our social media for sure. I wasn't able to find out the cat's name though but I'm gonna keep trying. I found out it's a he and he looks a little bit like one of my kitties, Mau Mau. Not much, just a bit, the facial expression. You're gonna have like 30 cats and 15 dogs. So you, <laughs> yes, you are the cat lady. 
Yeah, I probably will, but look who's talking, the guy who saves spiders at the dog park. Well, in fairness, you save all the bugs in your pool every night before you go to bed. You have told me so. Otherwise, you can't sleep if there's an insect struggling in the pool. So don't talk to me about spiders, especially when your dog killed the spider. Look, I'm not judging, okay? I did save a spider the other day with a piece of paper and the plastic cup, and I did take him outside. The thing is, like, in the process, I did hurt one of his many legs. I felt a bit guilty about that, but he was so fast, and I kind of miscalculated where to place the cup, so... Yeah, I, I hope he's fine. He's gonna be better off than the one your dog took care of. <laughs> <laughs> and back to Zelensky's cat. I'll try to find out his name too, but I don't think the kitty's name is that important. What matters is that the Zelenskys are such a wonderful family, really. And, you know, their kids love animals, which surely they learned from their parents. And I didn't think I could love this family even more, but there's no way you cannot not love them even more. And I really hope with all my heart that Ukraine is going to win this war. And I think they will, because this is one of the most determined and big hearted nations. And they must prevail. Like they really, Ukraine must prevail and they will win. Yeah, I hope so too. It looks like the weapon shipments are ramping up and I know Donbass is underway and we don't know how that's going to go, but it's been getting worse, which I suppose is expected. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But yeah, it's sad to see uh, so many people suffering there, and uh, sad to see the pet pictures, too. Yeah, and about the pets and about the animals in Ukraine. You know, we discussed briefly about the animals in Ukraine in previous episodes, the cats and the dogs that are rescued, but those are just a few happy examples. You know, animals in Ukraine are really suffering, so I'd like to ask people to donate and help Ukrainian organizations and shelters. We saw the Oval Office posted many times about trustworthy Ukrainian animal welfare organizations that are on the ground in Ukraine, so people can find that info easily and help, because in worse, let's face it, animals suffer just as much as people, not only pets, all animals, wildlife, animals in zoos, you know, birds. Imagine how terrifying it is for these pets and all the animals. They don't even understand what's going on. There's basically fire falling out of the sky. They're hurt. They're starving, thirsty. Their habitats are gone. It's an ecological disaster too. So they do need our help. And we're going to add a link with those organizations in our episode notes too. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. So the only thing left I can think of is, I guess we should mention my dog has a boyfriend now. So the same breed of dog as my dog lives next door. And... They are exactly like a human couple. We'll put a video up on, uh, on social media. So, yeah, I guess if you pick on my dog, you're going to have to deal with her boyfriend. <laughs> tell, tell the people about uh, Callie's boyfriend. The guy next door has a uh, an Australian shepherd as well. He's a chunky boy. Uh, he makes her look lean and trim uh, next to him <laughs> when she's really not. Uh, so he, so he is, uh, he's black and she's brown. They are exactly like a human couple. He only cares about his <laughs> toys. And when they play together, she will take the squeaky toy and try to hide them from him like a wife trying to hide the PlayStation controller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then he goes and gets the squeak and then squeaks it in her face. And is like, look, I got squeaks. Aren't you impressed? And she's like, no, it's not. It's, you need to get rid of the squeaks. And uh, if I don't keep an eye on her when I let her out to go uh, for her nightly poops, she sneaks around and goes to her boyfriend's house by herself. 
Yes, so the story about Bear and her boyfriend, like, honestly, they're adorable and we're gonna uh, put some photo and videos of them on social media and also Odie and the cats. I mean, yeah, we, we are crazy about pets, you guys. So. Apparently, I don't know. So I've, I've only been told because I haven't, you know, she hangs around at her boyfriend's house until he puts her outside and then he texts me and says, okay, I'll just put her out. So you gotta let her back in. And uh, so... Apparently, she just goes around and she checks all his toys and then she eats all of his food and then she leaves. I'm told in the last few days that since she started coming over there by herself, that uh, the boyfriend will not eat all of his food anymore. He leaves a couple of bites in the bowl in case his girlfriend comes over. So, yes. That's adorable. Odie would never do that. Odie eats everything. Everything. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Odie is food even, obsessed. Even the spiders. Even the spiders, yes. So, Sandra, do we have books? Yes, Neil, we do. This time it's only two books. The first one is called How to Zoom Your Room, Room Raters Ultimate Style Guide by Claude Taylor and Jesse Barry. They are the people running the uh, Rate My Skype Room Twitter account, generally because they have a kitty named Ella, and sometimes she takes over the social media. She's their spokes kitty. Ella is actually on the cover of the book. Uh, the illustrations are made by Chris Morris, and the graphics is so cute. This book is good on so many levels. First of all, it's fun, and we really need some fun. Secondly, it combines design advice with political satire. Yes, an unexpected but brilliant mix. And very importantly, just like the Oval Poffice account, who donated $14,000 to pet shelters and animal welfare organizations last year through their online store, the Rate My Skype Room people are doing the same thing through their store and through the book project, and they help Native American communities. My second book recommendation for today is Canadian Animal Law by Victoria Schroff. Her Twitter handle is at Schroff Animal Law, S-H-R-O-F-F. She, of course, has a kitty too. Her name is Ariel, and Ariel has majestic whiskers, guys. Now... Victoria Schroff is a law professor. She has more than 20 years of experience in the animal law field in both the courtroom and the classroom. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, I don't want a stuffy, hard to read book. Good, because Canadian animal law is not that. And it's not only about animals in Canada. In fact, it is one of the most useful and interesting books I've read. You can see how pet custody cases unfold. You can read why animals should not be treated as property under the law. The case of Punky the dog is so, so sad and Victoria fought so hard to get her case heard at the Supreme Court, but there are also very positive aspects like getting cosmetic surgery for animals banned, which I think is great. And, you know, farm animals and wildlife case studies are also included. So yes, it's a great read. So Canadian Animal Law by Victoria Schroff, a great book, whether you're a law student or just a regular person who loves animals. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe to get our exclusive premium episodes. You can do that on dubiouspod.com or by clicking the link in the episode notes. We are at dubiouspod on all social media platforms. Hope to see you guys there. We love feedback. So come by Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok and let us know what you think. And thank you for listening. Is that all we have for today? Yes. And I would like to tell people, in conclusion, please, adopt on shop. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of nature. And... See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.